This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Well, hello to all of you out there in uh, podcast land from Cornerstone and others. Welcome to the Equip Podcast. My name is Mark Vance, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, uh, Dr. Patrick Schreiner, undoubtedly the most esteemed podcast guest I've ever had on this Equip podcast. So Dr. Schreiner, welcome. So glad you're here with us. That is uh, ridiculous that you said that. Um, (laughs) But thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Okay, so before we dive all into the kind of the podcast subject here, the reason for having Dr. Schreiner on the podcast is he is going to be our speaker for an Equip weekend coming up. We're hosting here in Ames at Cornerstone Church. It'll be Friday, November the 10th to Saturday, November the 11th, kind of kicking off Friday night, going to Saturday uh, morning. And I want everyone to sign up for that. You can go cornerstonelife.com and the signups right on the main website. So I'm going to keep pushing that throughout the time, Dr. Schreiner. But in particular, we're going to be talking about the political gospel that weekend. Before we dive into some of what that means, I'm going to give a little background on you and your kind of like scholarship, your life and ministry work. So if people haven't heard of you or don't know of kind of your ministry and your life, why don't you give a little quick bio flyover, Dr. Schreiner, of like what, where you're at, what you're doing in life and kind of how you got there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much again for having me. So I'm a professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary here in Kansas City. And we've been here for three years. Uh, We were in Portland, Oregon before that, where I was teaching at Western Seminary. I teach New Testament, biblical theology, hermeneutics, um, love to go to my son's baseball games and my daughter's soccer games. So we have four young kids and uh, I have a wonderful wife. We've been married for 15 years and um, we just love being here. I love teaching the Bible. My passion is to help people know the Bible better so that they can know their Savior better. And so I just love, I'm a local pastor as well, but I love standing up and teaching the Bible and seeing people's eyes light up and seeing things that they've never seen before and uh, falling more in love with Jesus, because that's been really my experience. Um, you know, I, I was raised in a Christian home, but I stopped reading my Bible for a while and that didn't go very well for me. Um, and then, you know, I started picking up again. I just started seeing things I'd never seen and falling more in love with my Savior. And so really that's kind of my goal in life, just to open the Bible and help people. Oh, what a beautiful goal. So that that prompts me with a question, which is, why would someone with such a beautiful goal of helping people to read the Bible and say the New Testament write a book about politics? <laughs> yes. I mean, of all of the things to get into. <laughs> right. So give me, because you are a New Testament scholar yeah. by trade. Yeah. Why a book that really yeah. will be the subject matter of this Equip Weekend, the political gospel, why right. even go there? G- yeah. Give us kind of the background to it. I really wanted to get on cable news, but, uh, you know, it hasn't worked out yet, but, well, keep um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the real goal and the real reason was because I was studying the Bible. I was actually writing a commentary on acts, thinking through acts, thinking through Paul's ministry. And I was watching him go into cities and there was riots and there was accusations against him. And often the accusations, um, related to the politics of their day in the Roman Empire. Um, Jesus and Paul existed under the Roman Empire. And actually, Paul is trying to get to Rome. At the end of Acts, he appeals to Caesar. He's like, I want to stand before Caesar. 
And so I'm thinking through all this and then I'm watching also our culture and our political culture uh, at a larger level. And it's just kind of all connecting for me because, again, as a, a pastor of a local church, um, I'm watching the American church because I go and speak more broadly. I'm watching my own church and I'm, I'm seeing students come in and I'm, I am seeing some division in terms of politics, not only in the church, but outside of the church. Um, but it seems to be heightened, especially uh, COVID days and 2020 and all those things and before that. And so I'm, I'm thinking about the scriptures and then I'm thinking about the culture and I'm recognizing so much of the politics that I've engaged with have come, has come through um, in non-Christian sources, um, whether that's cable news or in, maybe not engaged with, but, but, but been fed through, or it's come through kind of like a history of political theology, theory, how we should think through democracy and freedom and rights. And those are, many of those things are very good things. But um, what I did see was a lot of, what do the scriptures say in terms of how we are to engage politically? In terms of like, I wasn't getting a lot of books that spoke to that issue. And I thought, wow, you know, we have Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2, where it says submit to governing authorities. But we also have a lot of narratives where people do things in relation to the Roman Empire and that these should be instructive for us. And so while we do speak about kind of those main texts in terms of our political engagement, I became convinced there is a lot in our Bible about what we should do politically, and we're kind of missing it. And so my eyes were open, and I just felt like I want to open other people's eyes. And so that was really why I, I wrote the book, because I was like, this is really helpful just to, re- I, I think Christians want to return to the scriptures and they love the scriptures. Whenever I go out and speak, I just see people opening their Bibles and being eager to like know more and learn more. And um, I just love that. And so rather than talking about Augustine's theory of the city of God, which is a great thing to talk about. I love it. But just let's open our Bible and say like, what did Jesus do in relation to our own empire? What did Paul do? What did Peter do? What does Revelation say? And so that's that's why I wrote a book on politics, not not because I love speaking about partisan things or or do I even consider myself um, really politically knowledgeable on all these issues. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty normal person in terms of how I engage with politics, but I I do love studying the Bible and I think the Bible has a lot more to say. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna press some of the the questions that you'll see reading this book. And again, if you come out to the Equip Weekend, we're going to try to get all of you uh, to get this book, uh, Political Gospel by Dr. Patrick Schreiner. I'm just going to keep saying it. You need to go get it. It's so incredibly helpful because it's biblically grounded wisdom. But you make some claims in there that I think, Dr. Schreiner, a lot of you know cornerstoners, a lot of Christians out there are going to hear and go, oh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you almost challenge straight on it that Christians should be thinking of themselves like more politically, yeah. not less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you're not so much saying more partisan politically because you're seeing Christianity as having political implications, but not just political implications, but itself being a a politic. Yeah. Okay. Explain a little <laughs> bit of that framework because yeah. I think that is that's foundational. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, and this is some of what we're going to get into. I think even in my first session, I'm going to go through kind of this topic. But 
Um, I think a lot of times when we think about how do we engage with politics, the first piece of advice you often hear is be less political and, um, you know, be more religious or uh, really think about Jesus more, not politics more. I understand what people are saying when they say that. But as I studied the scriptures, I recognized, wait a second, politics is, you know, when we hear politics, we hear, as you said, partisanship. So that's what most people mean. They they assume po- politics is partisanship. But politics historically is just uh, how do we order ourselves in our public life? How do we enact justice? How do we love one another? How do we arrange common goods? Who has right to govern us? How do we elect who govern us, governs us? Those are, those, that's, that, that's what politics is in its historical sense. It actually comes from the word polis, which just means city. How do you organize a city of people, a group of people together? And we do that at a, you know, a federal level. We do that at a local level. We do that in some sense at a global level. We do, um, this all over the world. And when you go to the scriptures, I think it's pretty easy to begin thinking, oh, Jesus came. And, and you hear this a lot with like a religious message, and it, we need to be nuanced here, a religious message about your heart. He wants to save you so you can go to heaven. And then that's your private life. Then you have your public life over here. And that's separate from, from your private life, your public life in terms of who you vote for and what you do in the public square. But if you look at Jesus's life, if you look at Paul's ministry, if you look at the early church, Jesus's claim is that he is a king. He's crucified as a king. And uh, he announces the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He speaks of terms like the gospel, which is like a victory term, a political term. He establishes the church, which I would argue, again, is a political term. It's a political body of people who are gathering together. So I, I really wanted to show people that Jesus's message is actually a politic itself. And he's welcoming you and inviting you, all people, into a new society (laughs) where we learn to love him and love others in a unique new way. And so a lot of people have talked about the church as kind of an embassy, an outpost for Christ's kingdom. So this is hard for us. Okay, I'll say something that's controversial, but Christians are monarchalists, right? We we believe in a monarchy because we believe Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Now right. he hasn't right. he hasn't brought brought that kingdom to bear fully. And so that doesn't mean that we reject the government right now. I think that's very clear in the scriptures. But we do serve him and we represent his desires as an embassy, an outpost of his kingdom here on earth. So the kingdom of heaven is then represented on earth through us. And I think that's very that means we're very political. We are very political and we are actually um, enacting his wishes. And where, where do we know his wishes? We know them from the scriptures. And so that, that just kind of reframes the whole conversation in terms of it's not that we don't need to be political. It's we, we need to be more political in the truest and right sense. So let's unpack that a bit more. You, you're giving us kind of a model for, in a certain way, a, a public sort of witness. That's the subtitle of the book, even, Political Gospel, a public witness in a politically yeah. crazy world, where we don't privatize our faith, but we don't just partisanize our faith either. And you use this paradigm in there of submission and subversion. And so let's start briefly with submission here. In just 
when we th- think there, I think that's probably the ones Christians mm-hmm. who read their Bible carefully yeah. or maybe more familiar with, because there are ex- these explicit texts about submission to governing authority. So give us a little quick overview of what's the New Testament teach on submission, but then also flip it over to subversion, because yeah. you kind of hinted at that. There's this subversive counter-cultural, counter-Roman empire element that may not be as explicit. Right. So can you give us the paradigm, then we'll press into that a bit. Yeah, yeah. So the paradigm, as you said, is kind of this, we, we're called to two different things that seem opposed to one another. I call it a paradox. And it's submission and subversion. So what do we mean by submit? It means that we, um, you know, we put ourselves under governing authorities. They are true authorities in our lives. And as I said earlier, we see that in Romans 13. We see that in First Peter 2. We see that in Jesus' life. We see that in Paul's life. And we do that because, according to Romans 13, God says that every governing authority has been instituted by him. Uh, when Jesus is asked, should, a, should I pay taxes to Caesar? Should we pay pa- taxes to Caesar? He says, yes, you should. <laughs> you should pay taxes to Caesar. Um, and he says that because while I'm going to press really strongly upon Christ's sovereignty and his lordship and his kingship, I think what's hard for us to understand is that his sovereignty doesn't cancel out other people's rule over our lives. It actually supports it. That's the logic of the Bible. And so because he rules, it doesn't mean that we're, um, we, we don't respect and honor their rule. It actually means we do that. We do respect and honor. That's why we pay taxes, which, um, you, you know, this, and this is where it seems like this submission subversion is always combined because we submit, but Peter says we submit as free people. <laughs> and so I love this because Peter in first Peter two is saying you submit, you pay taxes, but you don't do so because they say so, but because God says so, and he's your ultimate authority. And I think governing authorities are going to kind of look at us like, wait, what a second, wait a second. You want to obey me. You want to be the best citizen you can but you're doing so not because of me, but because of God or someone else. And that's exactly right. You know, when Pete, when um, Jesus is asked, should I pay taxes to Caesar? He says, you know, give to, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God, the things that are God. One of those statements is submission, give to Caesar, the things that are Caesar's. Right. right. And to God, the things that are God's that's subversion because he's saying, I mean, according to the Jewish mind and the Christian mind, everything belongs to God. So the coin belongs to God. <laughs> but as you're giving it to Caesar, you're actually giving it to God in a unique way because God has instituted that rule. Now, I, we could get so much further into this, but remember, he's talking about Caesar, the, the Roman ruler who um, Rome is going to crucify Jesus Christ himself, right? Uh, according to tradition... Uh, both Paul and Peter are killed. One is beheaded, one is hung upside down by the Roman rule. These are all the guys who are saying submit. So you're like, I think a lot of times we think, oh, but like, you don't know my situation. You right. don't, you don't right. know how bad the government is. You don't know like, um, like what's going on in terms of our culture and how confused it is and how warped it is and what they're telling us to do. But this is the Roman Empire, and I would just submit to you that the Roman Empire is way worse than what we're experiencing. Oh, yes, Um, Yes, certainly. But at the same time, you go to the cross and you see that Jesus, yes, he submits to the Roman rule, 
But in submitting to them, he's actually installed as the king of the universe on the cross through suffering. And so it's it's actually, in one sense, it's um, subversion through submission or, you know what I mean? Like you can almost yeah, put them right. together because you're submitting, but in submitting, you're actually knocking them down the totem pole <laughs> and lifting Jesus up. And I, I think that like Rome and I think honestly, our government basically won't have the categories to understand what we're doing because they'll be, they'll look at us and they'll be like, you guys are the best citizens we have, but you don't follow us on everything. And we're confused about that. Like we mm-hmm. want, we want you to be fully on our team. And I think Paul and Jesus kind of looked at Rome and they're like, we're for you. Just not in the way that you think. <laughs> like, cause we're advocating for another kingdom. And so I think, you know, depending the, the, maybe the, um, and, and maybe, Maybe the problem with my book, I'll identify this. The problem with my book is probably depending on who's in power and where you stand politically, that you're going to love the parts about submission if you like who's in power, and you're going to love the parts about subversion if you dislike the, those, the person who's oh, in power. Yeah. And so the danger of reading my book is that you kind of just hone in on the part that you think applies to that situation. So here's my word is that you have to always take both of them together. You can't, you can't just take one of them and not the other. It's they, they come together. And that's Mm. where the cross is the center of our political theology. The cross is where we go and we say, what did Jesus do to the Rome rule? He looked at Rome and he said, I will do everything you said, even though I've done nothing wrong. I will submit to your rule. And as I said earlier, in so doing, he uh, he started the stopwatch or the timer on the end of their rule. <laughs> wow. Like you know, that's that's wow. ultimately what happened. He said, "Your your time is coming to an end." And we see that in Revelation, when Christ's kingdom comes, um, the kingdoms of the earth are no longer. But that be careful because we're not called to institute that now. We we live between the times. He will do that in the last day. So our job is not to go. And to, um, you know, take over the government for Christ. That doesn't seem to be, that, that's not a role. And I, I can explain that more in terms of wh- what I mean by that. But um, this is Christ, wedding, Christ will do that on the last day. You are wetting the appetite here, clearly, <laughs> because I'm like, oh, I have so many follow-ups. But so many because questions. I do think when you say the word, Dr. Schreiner, subversion, submit, but subvert, many will hear, oh, yes. I am so glad you're going to tell me to do that because I don't lo- like what the government does. And I've always wanted a ability to be rebellious and underneath the authority of the New Testament. Yes. And you're, you actually are in the word subvert. You're saying no, but the, the pattern and shape of subversion is also itself shaped by what the New Testament says. That's right. So give me a couple minutes here. And this is the last major question I'll ask is what are the sort of ways we see subversion? Yeah. That's like, great. what does that look like in the shape of the New Testament? Yeah. And that's, that, you know, I had to wrestle through that myself because I had these categories and I was like, well, what does this like look like at a practical level? What is it? What is, what is it? How do I put hands and feet on this now? So when I went to the scriptures and I just started asking myself, like, like, Lord, even show me like what this, what it looks like. Um, 
this might sound like I almost feel like, and I know you're not doing this, but I feel like sometimes people are asking me like for um, something really new and exciting here, like in terms of what this looks like. And I feel a little um, ashamed that my answers are kind of standard, (laughs) but my standard answer is like, to subvert means to advocate for Christ's kingdom and join a local church and love people. <laughs> that that that's I know that sounds like so milk toast and like give me something better, but like what Rome was so concerned about with Paul was that he was establishing new communities under their rule of a group of people that was a mixed ethnically who didn't fit any paradigm to them. And they couldn't figure out these people because it's like, okay, you only worship one God, but you have multiple ethnicities and you're loving one another and you're caring for the poor. We even have early letters from like Roman rulers that are like, we can't figure these guys out. I, I, they're like the best citizens. They dress like us. They live in the houses like us, but um, they don't, they don't do abortion. (laughs) They don't share their beds. In other words, they don't commit sexual immorality. Um, can you go and like figure out, do we need to be concerned about these people? Because we just can't figure them out. So, so what I'm saying here in terms of subversion is that I think we can, uh, we're going to press more into what this looks like in, in our weekend together. But the first thing we need to say is it just means to be a part of Christ's kingdom. And a, I think you do that primarily through being a part of the local church, because that's where it's represented. Often, I think we typically say to be a part of Christ's kingdom is just me individually. I think we need to think communally. That's like Christians need to be more political. They need to be more communal is another way to put that. And so we need to begin establishing. We need to begin, um, continue to engage in a community where um, the culture looks different than the wider culture that is ultimately going to be subversive to the culture at at hand. And I think that's what Jesus and Paul and Peter in the New Testament, they do. Um, I think we also, and this is where I'll wet the appetite a little bit. I know we're about out of time. We also have some clear guidelines for when the government oversteps its bounds, what we're to do, or when the government stops doing what they're called to do. They actually um, neglect their authority. And so um, those are some categories we will get into over the weekend, which um, I'm sure people will be eager to hear about. Wow. Okay. So if you are not already signed up for this weekend, what are you doing with your life? That's the first question. (laughs) Okay. You need to be there. So again, you can go to our website to sign up for this equip weekend, cornerstonelife.com. And right there on the front page, you're going to see a link where you can click equip weekend, the political gospel again, November 10th and 11th here in Ames. We would love you to join us and uh, be part of that weekend. We'll try to share some of that content out again on some of our other podcasting streams here at Cornerstone, but also I would love for everyone listening to this to tune in, Dr. Schreiner, to the work that you're putting out. It's I loved your, your Acts commentary, the work on the kingdom of God. And so where can people follow you, find out more about what you're doing? If they want to get a book of yours or see more of the work you're putting out, what would be the best way for them to follow that? I try to hide as much as possible. So I have no website. I do have like a Twitter account and um, you can go on Amazon (laughs) and feed the beast um, and just type in my name, Patrick Schreiner. You'll see some books there. And um, yeah, I'd love if you picked them up. I write them so people read them. People are reading less and less these days, it feels like. So 
I don't know why I keep writing so much, but I just love writing. So I keep doing it. Um, and so I'd love for you to pick it up. And I love hearing from readers just if they email me and just say like, hey, I found this really helpful. That that keeps me going. I love getting those emails. And it's just like, okay, you know, somebody, somebody's hearing this. And uh, I love that. So, well, on behalf of many of those readers, I just get the chance today to say thank you so much for your service to the church. I'm so looking forward to the time uh, together to sit underneath God's word and to let the scripture shape our way of thinking, our way of living. And so, again, thanks for the time on the Equip podcast today. Thank you so much for serving us in this Equip Weekend upcoming. Looking forward to seeing you soon in Ames, Iowa. Thanks, Mark. Looking forward to being there.